Hello everyone and welcome to Flowcast, a place where you float between deep and funny topics and come out not any smarter. I'm Andrew. And I'm Roshan and this is the Floatcast. Well Roshan, I hope you had a happy New Year's. Um, it is 2021 and I was just curious, do you have any big plans for 2021? 2021, uh, my biggest plan was to get get away from 2020. Oh, uh, yeah, I <laughs> um, feel that. But be- yeah, I know. Besides that, uh, 2021 is the year to like recover out of everything that has happened in 2020. So I don't have any like, res- I, I really don't do resolutions because I feel like you can always work on yourself whenever. Um, but besides that, I, if I had a resolution, it would be get away from 2020, which I did. So Yes, we have survived. <laughs> we have survived. So a round of applause or pat yourself on the back if you are listening to this. You have survived from 2020 and welcome to 2021. Um, are there anything on your bucket list that you want to get? I know we talked about bucket lists on the last episode, but is there anything big that you're planning on immediately in the next three months, let's say? In the next three months? Uh, probably not. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I think it would just be... Uh... I don't know. I want to develop an app. Uh, I guess that's not really a bucket list thing, but sort of. I've never developed an iOS app, like an application for iPhones. Mm-hmm. And I just got a Mac so I can finally do it. So I think that might be the thing I'm trying to do in the next three months. What would what would your app do? Uh, it would make people follow the Floatcast. <laughs> <laughs> so another podcast uh, app. <laughs> yeah another one <laughs> that's great um you know just thinking back on 2020 uh you ever just like think about all the activities that you did whether that was like pre-covid you know pre-quarantine all that stuff yeah and, actually the yeah. first day um for like january 1st like on new year's um i actually looked at all my pictures i looked at every single month from the last year um and tried to find like the best you know the best times i've had uh the highlights of each month mm-hmm. uh so for january it was pretty good um pretty nice uh february ooh it looked really fun too <laughs> march march got a little um little hazy for me um after march everything after that it was hard for me to find a moment which really shined so i mean that really just tells you how 2020 went right <laughs> it was so hard to find like i usually take pictures and videos of everything but between like March and now it was hard to find good moments or like a top moment. Everything was so close together. It was like everything was bland. Right. It's good to take some time and reflect the year before and just think about the good and bad times during this reflection. It's also good to think of what you have taken out, what you got, what you took out from the year. Is there anything in particular that you learned from the past year? Uncertainty is always there mm-hmm. and like no matter what you're doing you, no one would have thought covid's gonna take over and a lot of people were like oh it's not gonna come to my country i was like i was like oh it's not gonna it's not gonna get too big and then it slowly started getting big i'm like okay i, I was proven wrong so like <laughs> that that just happens it's it, there's so much uncertainty i feel like that's one thing that i've learned how to deal with it's if something like you have to expect the unexpected um like you don't have to think of the worst thing that could happen but know that if something happens you just want to work around it and just like figure out how to deal with it i definitely agree with the uncertainty aspect of it i mean i heard about covid back in january when it was reported on the news and stuff and i also took time to reflect 
and look at pictures and all those memories. January is fine. February was great. And then, you know, March, after a few concerts, everything just shut down. And for sure, like, I never thought that we'd get to this point. It's like to this day, you know, one year, almost almost a year later, we're all still wearing masks, you know? I mean, not all of us. Oh, <laughs> Some well. people are like, look in New Zealand, they're just chilling without mask like they're living the life right now mm -hmm. um but like yeah most people right now like masks are they're just so common now like it's i wore a mask when i went to nepal just because the the air quality in in Kathmandu, the actual central city mm -hmm. it's it, there's dust everywhere and you want to sort of be safe so you wear a mask um so you don't get those dust in your lungs practically but and like now it's like everyone's wearing masks uh, to protect themselves and protect others, which is really, really strange to see that change of mindset of like most people in like Asia actually use masks. Yeah. Um, but now coming to the Western culture and like our civilization over here, everyone's starting to use it. So it's pretty, pretty interesting. Now I think after COVID, I think masks aren't going to be like, a niche anymore i think more people are going to start using them mm, i definitely agree you know string away from all this COVID talk because you know you can only have so much COVID when it's all around you right uh i recently came across a i don't know what you want to call it i recently come across a topic that really interested me and i was curious if you were aware of it do you know anything about the dunning kruger effect by any chance no, Andrew actually asked me this before, and I was like, no, tell me like two words. He told me two words. I already forgot, so right. I know nothing about it. Right. Well, I'll just pull up the Wikipedia here. Uh, the Dunning-Kruger effect is a cognitive bias in which people with low ability at a task overestimate their ability. It is re related to the cognitive bias of illusory superiority and comes from people's inabilities to recognize their lack of ability. Does that ah, make sense? Yeah, I've now that like you read me the definition, I think I've seen it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, the picture that's shown is basically like just think of a graph, and it's just a U, right? And the U basically shows like at on the left side of the U, it says I'm so great, right, at a task, let's say, and at the bottom of the U, it says I know nothing, and at the upper right top right other you it says i'm pretty good but know my limitations you know with with the dunning kruger effect do you you know do you ever find yourself thinking you know i'm i'm going to be so bad at this task or something like that or like i'm going to be horrible but once you do the task it turns out that you actually did pretty good yeah it actually happens a lot um both sides of the spectrum actually both like thinking that i'm really good at it and then i get into it and i'm like completely shit <laughs> and then like uh actually thinking i'm doing really bad but at the end of the day i do really well mm -hmm. i it's happened to me multiple times um and i think it's sort of in my line of work too so i'm i'm in programming i'm a programmer and i i see a lot of people in programming they will um, say they know a lot of things it's sort of like a resume uh, when people go up to you they're like yeah, uh, here's my resume. Uh, I'm proficient in Excel, but they don't know what like VLOOKUP is, like some basic commands. They don't know some of that stuff, but you've used it, so you have a bias to it, and you've used it maybe on simple stuff. 
and you you think you're like amazing at it but in reality it's like there's so much more to learn in that uh in that like app application or whatever so for me personally i there's been times where i like i know i can program but there's things i can't do that i'll try to do and i'm like oh you know what it's pretty easy because i've done stuff similar to it mm-hmm. and then i get into it and it's like you know what it's a little tough i I think i need a lot more time on it oh, that's so interesting so do you ever overestimate your ability to do a task like have, have you ever done that before and then like you just found out that like like you said you you, you said you're completely shit at something i don't know what that is <laughs> <laughs> but has the opposite ever been true where you're just like you know i know some stuff but i know you're not that great but once you actually do the task you see that you're actually like the top 10 percent. let's say yeah i so i was at an internship um i'm not gonna name it but mm-hmm. at the internship uh i didn't know anything about like what i was supposed to do it was a startup company i didn't know anything uh how to do whatever and i got on um thinking that this is gonna be hard so they started giving me tasks and i was doing the task um and i was like oh you know i'm, I'm not doing that well and then every single time i finished something and like gave it to my boss he would always be like wow like you need to teach me how to do this or like something like you did you're doing really well you're like one of the top performers right now mm-hmm. so i'd be like i didn't really feel like i did a lot I, I don't think i'm doing good at it but and like the end it's like i do pretty decent on it yeah so you know i'm just looking more into the dunning kruger effect what essentially it is is like if you're incompetent, right, of a task, then you tend to overestimate your own skill, fail to recognize the genuine skill and expertise of other people, and you fail to recognize their own mistakes and lack of skill. Um, so in your case, in that case right there, you know, to me it sounded like you didn't really recognize your own skill, but someone else did. Yeah, and I, I really think it's a lot of people um, actually, it, they will try to um, sort of like learn as you go, which is one thing you have to do in work. Mm-hmm. So I think that is sort of different from when you have the, you already have like a credentials. Say you, you graduated top of class uh, in whatever field you're in, and then you get into the actual job and you're like, you know what, I... I graduated, graduated, I have skill, but I don't think I can do this. I don't th- think I know how to do it. Cause like when you get into the work field, it's like completely different from what you learn in school. So I think that's where like the effect is the most strong for these like new grads and like new, like first time job, um, first time jobs. Yeah. Do you think going into a new task where either you're learning something, whether that's a job or just anything and really do you think it would be better to go into it knowing that you know nothing and do you think you would perform better that way or do you think it would be better to go into it thinking being kind being kind of positive about it and be like i can do this and like seeing the outcome from there well i mean those both of those things (laughs) (laughs) uh they're sort of similar like you want to go into a project or whatever you're trying to go in. Like you want to go in it with an open mind. Uh, failure is like, inab- ina- I can't even say the word. Like <laughs> there is fa- 
failure will happen. Mm-hmm. You have to know that. So it is inevitable. <laughs> yes, that's the word. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you have to like you actually have to deal with failure. So I think you should go in knowing that you're gonna you might fail, but you also have to go in knowing that you can try and learn as you go and try not to fail. So it's sort of like I would say a sweet spot, just right in the middle. Know that you can fail, but try not to fail. Right. It's funny you mentioned failure because I'm sure a lot of people have New Year's resolutions uh, for the year. And, you know, I don't know if there's a lot of people going to the gym these days or signing up for a membership because of COVID, right? But I've always, like, wondered, like, how people, you know, those people who come up with new New Year's resolutions every single year, how, how do they stick with it and, like, if they do stick with it, like how has it changed them? But also if they don't stick with it and failure does come their way, you know, is it the same New Year's resolution every single year? And if, if that's the case, is it really an improvement to yourself? Yeah, and I think that goes right into what I was saying about New Year's uh, resolutions. I don't really think you should depend on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that you all, you, you can always change. Anytime you can change, you can start trying to do something it's a good start using a New Year's resolution because a lot of people have a easier time to like go through it. They feel like they're reset and they have a year and they can start working on it. Mm-hmm. But I think once you get into a New Year's resolution, if you really want to succeed in it, you really have to plan. You really have to take in, into account everything that will happen from it and you need to do to succeed in your resolution. And I like... I don't discourage New Year's resolutions. I also think if you can't complete it, complete it. Say you wanted to like work out every day for thirty days, and you miss a day. Don't worry about that. Like you're still on your journey. Just start, start over. Or, like continue it and keep that missing day. So I think you just have to like go for it. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on the phrase "New Year, New Me"? <laughs> You're not changing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to say you're not changing. New you, new me. Your personality is the same. Um, If you want to change that, you can change it. I I encourage you guys not to change your personality. That's something about you that makes you. But new you, new me is really... It's sort of discouraging, in my opinion, because you're sort of saying, this year I didn't do well. Next year I'll, I'll make sure I do well. And, like, that's good, but think about all the things you did do that were great in the previous year, and then the next year, just build upon it. You don't have to forget everything to become a new person, but if you want to learn some new things, it doesn't change who you are, but I don't like that saying. (laughs) You don't like it? I personally find the saying, I actually heard about the saying for the first time, like, a couple years ago, and... You know, maybe it came up a, a couple of years ago. I don't know. But when I first heard that, I thought that was so cliche. I thought it was like some like random Tumblr's girl like profile account. It was like, <laughs> new year, new me <laughs> and all that stuff. But no, I definitely agree with everything that you said so far. Now, you should always be working on yourself every single day. It doesn't matter if it's a new year, new week, new month, or if it's a blue moon. You know, you should always be working on yourself. And um, yeah, like you said, and what well, you didn't really say it. Failure is uh I forgot what the word you re- what the word is anyway. 
I did say it, but I'm not going to say the word because I it? will definitely. It starts with an I. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> failure is inevitable, you know. <laughs> and I think it's important to embrace all of that. And you know, even if you meet failure or success, I think it's also important to keep in mind that the Dunning Kruger effect affects all of us. You know, going into the new year or going to a new task or a job, you have to have some sort of expectation. And whether that's high expectations or low expectations, you still have to perform. And from there, it's, you know, it's from there, it's working on yourself and how you can be better yourself. It doesn't matter if you're the best, but you still got to be better. And, yeah. And yeah. I really think that the effect really shows how you're going to like, how you're going to take in charge what you're supposed to do. Like, do you want to improve your performance? Do you want to improve how you're working at work and how you're doing all these things, different things? Uh, it really, it depends on you. Like you will, you will have that U shape no matter what. I think that is in everyone, but mm -hmm. if you want to build on onto your performance and all of that, you have to know there is a middle ground and you have to be, you have to expect and you have to expect the unexpected. Mm -hmm. And I know this is a topic that we want to save for next time, but I just want to jump, like, touch on it briefly. But is there a way how productivity can impact your performance? Oh, oh yes, I think so. Like, I agree with this 100%. I think it affects it just because if you are, if you're really productive, um, if you're watching what you're doing, you're say your time boxing which is really popular productivity tool or your habit tracking or you even just like just setting basic meetings up in a calendar the day before like all of that plays a part in your performance because you know what you want to do you know what you have to do and it and you do it and it's like that u shape that's the middle ground i think i think the key is really uh productivity um which comes with organization and many of those other like tools that a lot of people use. But with that U shape, if you're productive, if you're understanding what you have to do the next day, um, even if you don't think you're going to be like amazing at what you do, or you think you're like the best at what you do, if you have that like organization skill and you know what you need to do, you can really succeed in there. And I think it plays a huge part. So, you know, if you had to give a tip to anybody that's going to New Year, who's had goals for a long time, whether that's, you know, streaming or traveling the world or starting a podcast or anything really, and they just have a really hard time getting the ball that ball rolling, how would you? What advice would you give to them on in terms of productivity and how to get the get it started? Don't go all in right away. Like you may want to do something so like you want to get so into it. Say you have these like productivity uh, bubbles and they burst. You, you all of a sudden you want to work on this project. You want to finish this project. So you're doing all these where you're working overnight um, to like make sure it's everything's well. And then that bubble bursts. Then your productivity like goes away. It's not really a sprint. It's really a. Um, it, it's really just knowing keeping your pace it's it's a marathon you you have to keep on doing what you're doing steady and make sure every single day you do something different you do something new or you improve on what you're trying to succeed in hmm. what about 
I guess this question is for me then. <laughs> well, what about just like traveling to like extreme places? You know, just like because you know that saying like you don't want to be in that box or you know the, inside the box. I don't know how the phrase goes. You don't want to be too comfortable, basically. Get yeah. outside of your box, basically. Um, what would, you know? Would that same advice still apply, even though if you're a type of person that wants to go outside of the box, do something that makes you uncomfortable? I mean, nothing's gonna make you comfortable right away. Mm-hmm. The things that don't make you uh, that make you uncomfortable. Sometimes other things that make you grow or show your like show you new ideas that you can do. So you just have to keep in mind that if it's like the it's like a fine line of uncomfortable. You you'll know that if if something's wrong and it's uncomfortable, then don't do it. Of course, yeah. but if something's wrong, like say you're shy or you're introverted and you really want to start working on that, so to get out of your comfort zone, you go to this random group and you say hi like that is going to be super uncomfortable but it might be one of your goals to start talking or start meeting new people and i think you should go take that step because to like grow there's going to be uncomfortable roads and uncomfortable bumps in the way Mm -hmm. you know it's funny that you said going to a random group and saying hi right yeah (laughs) uh i not not i mean i've done that before anyway but I've always thought about how about the phrase that a silence is loud, right? Yeah. Have you heard of have you heard that phrase before? Silence is loud. I have heard that. And I'm like really curious have you ever tried experimenting with that? Like whether that's a with a group of people or friends and you're just all hanging out, but then it just gets really quiet. Do, are you the type of person that tries to break the silence or are you the type of person that kind of embraces the silence? You know what? I'm like both. <laughs> I'm an introvert and an extrovert. So um, if I'm in like a group and it all turns silent, if it like if it's like dead silent, no music going on, I might just try to like bring up the conversation. Like, but like I, I like filling the room because if it's just completely quiet, I, I get shivers. But um, if it's yeah so if it's completely silent i'll speak up if there's music in the background i might just chill i just you know enjoy the music maybe everyone else is just enjoying the music uh i wouldn't let it last for like 20 minutes probably say something it's like when you're in a car ride i know i'm the sort of guy that and it's sort of hard like i want to talk to people in the car but sometimes like people just want to chill in the car so like just a balance with that just like you know, when when you want to talk about something pretty interesting, just throw it out. Like, go for it. But if you guys just want to chill, then you can be quiet in the moment. And it's still, like, you're still in the presence of other people. So I think it is. Silence is loud. I still think that is very applicable to that. Mm-hmm. Would you say that silence makes you uncomfortable? I think for me, yes. Personally, I, it's it's very uncomfortable for me. I, I like having at least something if there's music i'm fine if there's like uh, like i don't know like a youtube video playing in the background or like just netflix on the background i'm fine if i'm studying i'd like silence but like my mind is the one bringing noise like thinking about what i'm doing 
So when you go to bed, do you have background noises playing at all, whether that's white noise or anything like that? I play podcasts for like 30 minutes before I sleep. What kind of podcast do you listen to, Roshan? I listen to The Minimalist, one of my favorite. They just had a documentary that just came out. You should check it out. It's called Less Is Now on Netflix because I really enjoy them. I They have really soothing voices too, so I had to play them at night, <laughs> night just because I, like, I, I enjoy it. Um, I, I mean, I play them regardless of what time it is, but at night it's it sort of just like smooths me, uh, get my, gets my mind stopped thinking and just relaxes me. Mm. I personally listen to the Flowcast. I don't know about the Minimalist. <laughs> okay. You know what? I actually listen to the Flowcast as well. I have them on twenty four seven. Just a plug of our own. <laughs> um, no, but that's really interesting. How you know you have background noises playing, but when you're studying, you have nothing playing at all. Yeah, I, I can't study with like music or anything. I can't even play some games with music on. Uh, cause I get really into it. So I really want the footsteps and all of that, but <laughs> I, yeah, I have to like, when I study, I can't have anything when I'm reading, like mo- when I'm coding, I can play music. Um, but it's more specifically reading. If I'm reading, I cannot have anything going on. It has to be only the book besides that. Everything else I can play music on. It's interesting. And you said you're, you said this earlier. Are you an introvert or an extrovert? I think there's a word for in between those. I don't think I'm an introvert. No, I think I'm an introvert and an extrovert. There's times where I'll be just really shy and like not talk to anyone, just want to be by myself. But then there's times where I'm like more extroverted, and I think that really helps with who I'm around because I get really comfortable with certain types of people. Mm-hmm. So. Would you say you you more align yourself with an introvert or an extrovert? I know like you're kind of in between, but if you had to categorize yourself, which where would you align yourself more? I would categorize categorize myself as an introvert. What qualities make you lean that way? Besides, I, like wanting some alone time. I think that that's like the main one. <laughs> uh, besides that, um, I feel like. Sometimes I'd rather not like go to a party or anything. I'd rather just go on my computer and play some video games or code. <laughs> so does social interaction tired make you tired? Yes. Actually a lot. I I don't think I stay up late enough. I like I do, but when I'm out, I really want to sleep really early. <laughs> Interest oh really? Even when you're like out at a party, you're just like, oh, 10 o'clock, time to go. <laughs> I mean, that's the worst. It, it'll be like 10 o'clock at a, or 11 o'clock, I would say, at a party. I get, I start getting tired at 10 and then at 11, I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of bored. I, I kind of just go to bed and like lay down and watch some YouTube or like just chill. <laughs> mm. So when you go to concerts, um, whether that's by yourself or with friends, after all of that, are you like exhausted or do you have a little bit more energy to go out at it see that's the thing i'm always exhausted later at night but i can always power through it and i always do so like if i'm at a party most of the times i'll stay there for a little little longer i won't be the last one who leaves Uh, but if i'm at a concert i'll definitely after it go get some food 
I'm usually tired at that point, but then like you need food, food at that point. <laughs> yeah, and then like if I'm with company, I'm fine, and that's where my extrovert like ness comes from. I my introvert makes me want to go home, but my extrovert says don't go home, have fun, push through <laughs> a little bit. Fun. Yeah, I feel that. It's yeah. You know, I I personally I don't know at this point where I align myself with. Like you, I would say I'm in between, but. These days, I see myself more on the extrovert side, whereas you know, you know, in the past, I would see myself as like myself as an extreme introvert. I think that's yeah. mostly because like nowadays, like when I hang out with friends or like go out, I'm not necessarily tired of it. I'm like, I'm more the person that kind of wants to keep going, you know. And yeah, I think you're an extrovert. Uh, sorry to cut, but I definitely think you're an extrovert. Just like. I think you grew into an extrovert, even when you were young. I think when like we knew each other in high school, I think you were more introverted then. Yeah. But after like maybe freshman year of college, I think you started to like become an extrovert. Yeah, college changes people. Yeah, and I would say the same thing for me. I think I was an introvert, more of an introvert, probably extreme introvert, like you said in high school. You know, um, and yeah. Actually, I think you were more. In, in high school and junior high, because we knew each other for quite a bit, I think during those times, yeah, you were an introvert, but at the same time, you had random spurts of energy that would scream extrovert. I but, think that's, yeah, that's the, that's just how I am now, too. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, nowadays, I feel like ever since, like, we, you know, ever since we started college, like, freshman year, I think you have been more in control of how your energy is spread across i think you're a lot more mature about it yeah i see some introvert stuff about you but at the same time when you show those extrovert qualities you're very mature about it and doesn't scream i'm you know i'm screaming extrovert it just says oh like yeah i'm i can go about it yeah i think that's the introvert making me calm down <laughs> <laughs> oh okay so it's making me go to sleep so right. i can't be too excited right um but yeah, like like you said, like I definitely agree with that. Me personally, high school, junior high, like all my life, basically, I think I was mostly an introvert. But college, I think that kind of exposed me to a lot of things, and I was like, you know what, like, you know, that very cheesy and cliche thing, YOLO, or really dumb thing to say, YOLO, you only live once. <laughs> um, and I just thought, you know, if I'm gonna be ashamed, I'm only gonna be ashamed of like one person. Or like one action one day right so that kind of motivated me to just be like you know what just screw it like i'll just do whatever i want and i'll pay for the consequences later whatever they are and you know it's not gonna be too bad yeah i think it's really you just have to push yourself um to like grow in general you have to push yourself i think that's what happened to me it's like I know that I can talk to people, but you usually like sort of like scares me a little, but like I push myself because I know like eventually I get better at it, better at it, and I can communicate pretty well. Mm -hmm. So I think even like when I went abroad, I think that increased it so much because it's like everyone there is interested about you and interested about where you're from. So you just grow into like more of an extrovert when you like, travel a lot so mm -hmm. i think that's that trait just like sort of like grew it up i think if you talked to me last year i'd be more 
introverted than if you talk to me this year. I think this year I can keep a conversation going on for like, I don't know how many hours, probably like all day. But before last year, it'd be like 20 minutes, 10 minutes. And then I'm like, Hi, I'm tired. Let me sleep. <laughs> no, that's really interesting that you mentioned how you used to be, well, I don't know if you used to be or you still are, but like you going up to a random person and talking to them, right? That kind of like, you know, was kind of daunting, right? Yeah. Yet you had a YouTube channel a long time ago <laughs> that was basically pranking people. And you just, I, I, I recall one of those videos you said, like, do you want pot? And you literally had like a mini pot in your hand, <laughs> like the kitchen pot, not, not pot. Um, did that scare you at all? No, like if you have a camera on me, I, I think that's when I'm like very comfortable because it's like if anything goes wrong, uh, I'm just like, yeah, we're just recording. Uh, there's a camera. And but that, like that time when I had that YouTube, I was really young. I think that's when I was the most introverted. And mm-hmm. having that camera on me, it just made me like feel safe in that sense. It like made me feel like I could be sort of who I was. Um, without like getting too scared so I think that's what really helped me but I was still super scared whenever I went up to them I would be like all right I hope this works I hope I don't get beat up (laughs) Mm. what made you start that YouTube channel uh I had a YouTube back in 2007 I think my first YouTube channel yeah um the only like it was just me dancing um and then, like, I had a video of me doing flips that I posted for the school. Um, and that, that, that's why I started there. And then after that, I went to gaming a lot. And I started making YouTube videos for that. Um, then, I think it was 2014 or 13, I got into pranking um, with my cousin. We wanted to start a YouTube video uh, channel. So we started it. He eventually left. And that's a channel I currently have, which is going to be used eventually i want to do something with it but for now it's just sitting there oh so you're gonna continue um some sort of content on youtube yeah definitely not pranking (laughs) (laughs) probably like programming or some like tech reviews or something i like i have a video the last video was a year ago maybe about me reviewing a boosted board um so sort of like that style of content but you know, that comes with motivation and that's the reason I stopped. So mm-hmm. uh, I need to get that motivation back. Yeah, I'm really curious to see that video of you dancing when you're younger. <laughs> uh, you will never find that channel. And if you do, I'll give you like $10. <laughs> I mean, what if like we had like a thousand, a hundred viewers listening to this podcast? Would you release it then? No, I still wouldn't. They would have to find it. Oh. You don't get easy work. You have to do it for yourself. <laughs> oh, dang. <laughs> um, dang. Well, yeah, I... YouTube... You basically, you've basically been on YouTube for a lot of its time then. Yeah, I think it came out in 2005 or six. Like, it came out and... When it started getting big is when I started making YouTube videos. Like, I remember Anthony Padilla on, like, the, um, yeah, Smosh. I remember them on the trending page back when the trending page was really good. It's getting better, to be honest, but before, it, when it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, I know all the OGs. I love all the OGs. I'm still, like, obsessed with YouTube, and I think that's just how I grew up. So, sort of just, it's going to stay with me for a long time. So you found comfort 
on holding a camera and having the camera on you, but also just being on the website itself. Yeah, it, it was like my whole life. It's, I mean, like still, I still go on YouTube and I would say I watch YouTube more than I watch Netflix or TV. Besides like, you know, even more than NBA games, I watch it a lot just because like you can find anything on there and it's sort of entertaining. Mm -hmm. uh, you can learn stuff on there or you can just play some random video in the background. <laughs> Do you consider YouTube to be a social media platform? Yeah, I think so. I think it's, I think it is. I think it might change uh, like how they have YouTube TV now. Mm -hmm. I think they're trying to s stray away from it, sort of go more ad friendly, so more like television style. But I do still think it's a social media, at least right now. It's been growing um, and it's been leaning towards like TV, television, um, online videos. But I think there's still a really strong social media aspect to it. Hmm. What is your favorite social media, Roshan? <laughs> My favorite social media? Hmm. I mean, probably YouTube, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, following that, I would say maybe like not Instagram, maybe. Instagram, uh, I think that's pretty enjoyable, Instagram. It kind of annoys, annoys me how like a long time ago, Instagram was like, we're not going to order your you know, feed by time now, but relative to like something else. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, yeah, sort of. Like, it's not like, oh, this is uploaded, like, one minute ago, five minutes ago, ten minutes ago. It goes more along the lines, like, this was uploaded four hours ago, three hours ago, seven hours ago. Yeah, I wish they fixed that, but at the same time, I think it's just how they organize everything. Yeah, I'm just like, come on. Like, I don't know. I was kind of annoyed by that. Um, But yeah, I think that's everything. Roshan? Yeah, I want you guys to make sure you follow us and listen to our new podcast posted every single Sunday. That's right, at 12 p.m. Central Time. Remember, you can find us on Twitch, YouTube, and your favorite podcast platforms. We just got onto like nine of them, so search it. We're probably on it. Thank you for listening, and this is the Floatcast. Bye.